0: Hi, and welcome to Shadow Talk's weekly intelligence summary track, where our team of analysts dive into the top threat intelligence stories each week. To read their full findings and analysis, make sure to visit resources.digitalshadows.com. Now here's your host, Harrison Van Riper. What's up, everyone? HVR here with another episode of Shadow Talk post-Valentine's Day. With me this week is the official squad, I think, at this point, since this is like three weeks in a row uh i've got alex g with me here in dallas how are you sir doing pretty well good to be back yet again yeah this for you it's like
1: well i've just always been here
0: like five weeks at this point. well since it started yeah yeah haven't missed a single week yeah uh and then we've got jamie collier the collier jam on twitter jc cool as we are now going to only refer to him as jamie why does gino not have an instagram yet
2: well hi harrison um i guess you know gino is a bit of a staunch pro privacy activist himself but the real reason he doesn't have an instagram account is because i harbor my own ambitions to become an instagram influencer and i think gino's instagram would almost certainly undermine that effort
0: oh i think that's very valid actually (laughs) i would i would probably follow gino over you i'm not gonna lie
2: yeah exactly so you know you just got to cut him out the game but i think
0: this is how we could start uh We could actually look at this Borknight scenario because then yes, because Zuko has his own Insta and then they could battle it out. That's how we actually determine
1: who wins. You have to do an InfoSec themed Instagram, but with dogs. Yeah, that's like yeah.
0: Okay. So that's
2: a niche in the market that's just not being exploited right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, We gotta get on it. Million dollar idea. (laughs) Millions of followers out there. Okay, so (laughs) <laughs> then I will, I will transition from that. Something that I wanted to start off today just briefly announcing is the Photon research team. Uh, Photon is a cross-functional research team here at Digital Shadows. Long-time listeners will know some of our members already, which includes myself, uh, Rafael Amato, Richard Gold, and Simon Hall, and a handful of other really, really talented and um, smart people. Uh, we're going to do a full podcast talking about Photon, but just wanted to plug it here because we officially launched it this week. So that was pretty cool. Um, check out our announcement blog on the site and follow Photon Research on Twitter. Oh, Sorry, it's Photon underscore research. Let me get that explicitly clear. Photon underscore research. Um, but this is the culmination of a lot of work and a lot of effort. So, so, yeah, so it was really cool to launch it this week. And, yeah, so go check it out. Um, so this week, Jamie... We've got a really interesting article about multiple APT groups using the same tool. What is going on?
2: Yes, yeah, so there were actually four different APT groups that have been found to be sharing both object dimension and obfuscation methods uh, across the weaponized rich text format or RTF uh, files uh, that are utilized in phishing campaigns. So RTF files that you know often used or included in the attachments uh, within phishing campaigns. So out of the four uh, threat actors found using these tools and tactics, three were associated to the Chinese state. We had Goblin Panda uh, that's targeted government, energy, transport, and military entities within Southeast Asia. Uh, Prominent targets include Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam. We also have uh, Temp Periscope that has kind of similar sector targeting as well as some others, such as media, healthcare and technology, uh, but a bit of a wider targeting in terms of geography. So also targeted Europe and North America, in addition to Asia. Uh, And then finally, within the kind of Chinese groups, you have Temp Trident, who uh, largely focus on South Korea and Japan. So there's not too much of a surprise here so far, as we know Chinese factors collaborate and that they share infrastructure. What makes this more interesting is that fourth Red actor detected using this tool, which is actually associated to the Indian government, known as Side- Sidewinder, um, that's targeted military and government entities in Pakistan since 2012. So all exploited kind of same CVEs to deliver the malware, um, although the methods used to execute those payloads differed. So Sidewinder, um, you, the Indian group delivered via an HDA file, while uh, the Chinese groups typically uh, dropped shellcode. Uh, so some interesting divergences, but you know, really kind of sharing the same tools here.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. So, so why don't you explain to me why would we be seeing four separate groups all using the same tool?
2: Yeah, so I mean, this is this is really unusual, and it got the team kind of thinking, why would we see this? Because it doesn't quite make sense. As I said, you know, we might kind of see those Chinese uh, states uh, state groups collaborate, but the kind of the Indian the presence of an Indian group kind of throws up a few questions. Um, so you know, as the, the team found this quite interesting, so being the kind of Fred Intel connoisseurs we are, we did an alternative competing hypothesis, uh, thought about the different kind of explanations. Um, so we came came up with three. The first was that the, the weaponized and tools were developed by a nation state Fred actor and then acquired by another group. So you know, this would kind of explain say the collaboration amongst Chinese groups, um, but then it still doesn't quite uh, get to the heart of why the Indian group is involved. We wouldn't really expect. Uh, China and India to kind of share infrastructure at all. So kind of dismissed that from the outset. Uh, The second was that this tool was publicly available, you know, off the shelf. Uh, There are various toolkits and exploits available for sale online. Uh, Digital Shadows monitors these. So we certainly kind of have a relatively good overview of what's going on. See these, you know, similar tools being sold and advertised. So that's not kind of beyond the realms of possibility. And that would definitely explain why multiple threat actors uh, were using the same tool. Um, without having to require China and uh, India to kind of actually share or collaborate with one another. However, there's been a lack of discussion on criminal forums um, of this tool. Um, So, And, you know, if it was acquired through this channel, we would kind of really expect the tool uh, to have been promoted by now. So we kind of, you know, we're we're quite skeptical of that uh, possibility as well. Um, And then the third, which we think is the most plausible, is that this is a product of a more specialized supply chain, Um, We know there's a market of tools uh, sold specifically to states. This is something we discussed a bit last week when it came to the spyware market. Um, So, you know, the team deemed this third theory the most likely, as it would explain the lack of public advertising uh, of these tools across criminal forums um, and also explain why, you know, different states might have kind of mutually uh, acquired this.
0: So super interesting. So what could we see happening next? Like new developments in the tool or like what are we expecting to see out of this?
2: I imagine we'll see these four groups continue to use this tool. Um, I think the the point of difference now is that there has been some public reporting, so uh, threat actors will likely kind of change change their methods, maybe make some improvements to obfuscation and the delivery. So it's uh, not not as kind of clearly clearly them, but this kind of touches on some quite interesting issues regarding attribution. Um, seen multiple factors now using what we might consider a more bespoke tool, um, so it shows how actually uh, using these tools can actually muddy the waters. Um, really highlights the need when we're talking about attribution of going just beyond toolkits as we know those can be shared.
0: So remember listeners, download the full insom at resources.digitalshadows.com um, and you can see the whole entirety of the InSum there. All right, so moving on,
1: Alex, there's some Google Translate stuff going on. Yeah, so we recently saw a new phishing campaign that was using the Google Translate website to um, kind of obfuscate these malicious links. So it was interesting what they used was uh, these threat actors, they had a malicious phishing URL that they would then run through the Google Translate service, um, even though it wasn't translating anything, but it would still give you a link that was um, translate.google.com, but then you would have the rest of the malicious URL there. So people who were using mobile devices who probably can't see the entire URL would be possibly more inclined to click it, thinking it was legitimate. Um it's interesting because we haven't really seen anything like this before, but it's a, a an interesting way of thinking about how threat actors are continuously trying to find these new uh, methods to uh, entice their victims into accessing their links.
0: Yeah, I thought this one was interesting. It was a cool little. I mean, it's clever, right? I always like the little clever things that they do to. I mean, yeah. Using using that actual Google link, uh, the Google URL, mm-hmm. very very uh, easy to get around certain thing
1: yeah and it was likely also to to bypass kind of these in browser security notifications so because you're not technically visiting a malicious url you're visiting the google translate url so it's a bit muddy there as to you know how it actually
0: sure cool uh jamie back over to you there were some zero days found in apple ios
2: Yeah, exactly. A researcher at Google uh, reported that an unknown threat actor um, or threat actors we don't know had exploited these kind of two previously unreported uh, zero-day vulnerabilities affecting Apple devices. Um, So both of the flaws exploited uh, core iOS security features, uh, allowed attackers to gain elevated privileges or execute arbitrary code uh, with kernel privileges through malicious apps. So clearly quite serious here. Um, Specific details beyond that haven't been publicly released, and this is most likely to kind of reduce the risk of uh, further exploitation. Uh, Luckily, the good news is that Apple has released a patch to address uh, both bugs. Um, So for all those kind of lazy listeners out there that when they see their phone is due for an update, um, they click later or try later, uh, you know, make sure to get updating.
0: Yeah, I think I'm I'm one of those. So don't judge me too hard, Jamie.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I said <laughs> that, I was kind of passively aggressively kind of, you know, angling it at you, so, you know. <laughs> All
0: right, cool. Uh, Alex, your sniff banking Trojan is updated yet again.
1: So this one's interesting because these threat actors were uh, delivering the Ursniff banking Trojan, but they were using uh, steganography techniques in an image of Mario, the Nintendo character. Um, Of course, targeting uh, the Italian geography. So attackers were using this image file of Mario, um, which contained malicious code that then communicated with a a C2 server to obtain further commands to deploy the malware. And this is interesting because um, threat actors are continuing to find ways to kind of evade security software. And... We've seen a few examples of steganography um, within malicious campaigns in the past couple of weeks, so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves in the future, and I think it's pretty likely that not only additional um, infections of Ursniff will occur in the future, but also some more interesting uh, and unique steganography techniques will be seen as well. Cool.
0: Yeah. I love steganography. Yeah. I think talked about it last week, week before. Yeah. I love steganography. It's cool. Okay, so... Both of you, each of you, we can start with Jamie. Uh, give me one piece of forward-looking events, You know what we think is going to happen in the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, well, uh, before we do, I just wanted to kind of uh, do a shout-out that last week we predicted uh, maybe some kind of Valentine's Day scams, and uh, we did actually see that come true. Uh, there was some kind of uh, – or the gang crowd ransomware uh, was sent using – um Valentine's Day theme fishing so uh, just a bit of gloating in there um before I go on
0: look at us You're predicting the future
2: in terms of the forward look for this week uh we have a second summit coming up uh, between United States President Donald Trump and North Korean leader uh, Kim Jong-un uh, that's scheduled for 27th to 28th of February uh it's highly likely to be of interest to other nation states um likely to, you know, result in an increased uh, cyber espionage activity before and after the event. And often uh, with these sorts of meetings, there's a lot of other uh, political meetings, uh, other leaders that are kind of uh, involved uh, behind the scenes. uh, So we could see that targeted as well. All right. And Alex? And
1: so in the US, we recently faced a government shutdown, and we saw a few issues arising as a result of that. So some website certificates expired. Uh, potentially making visitors to those websites vulnerable to things such as men-in-the-middle attacks. Uh, Also, those were very, very media-heavy, and so that could be an opportunity for scammers to conduct phishing attacks. Um, And so if another shutdown like that occurs in the future, we could probably expect similar activity.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Cool. All right, well, that wraps it up
0: for this week, the Insum. Uh, (laughs) the The last thing is always the question of the week, which Alex just peeked at on my paper um so he gets he gets a slight advantage over you jamie but this week what did each of you do with your significant
1: others for valentine's day so uh ashley and i were very romantic we like to do really big spectacular things for valentine's day uh so what we did yesterday was we went um to the chick-fil-a (laughs) drive-thru and then got some dinner to take home (laughs) yeah did you get some flowers you got her some flowers though I did not get her flowers. Oh. Uh, I got her, <laughs> I got cookies and chocolates delivered to her work.
0: Okay. That's, that's pretty good.
1: That's from Tit Street.
0: And then, I mean, Chick-fil-A is pretty romantic. Yeah. yeah. It is. It you know, is. Yeah. It's red. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. It's red. All right. And then Jamie, what did you, what did y'all do? So
2: we just went for a traditional uh, home-cooked meal. Uh, very nice. Very low key. All
0: right. All right. That's good.
2: You get some flowers? I got a card. So not flowers this, this time, but you know, maybe there's always next year.
1: Yeah. Work up to it. Yeah. Work up to Did it. Did you get
2: Gino anything? No, he's spoiled enough already.
0: <laughs> he wants a bouquet of, of, you
2: know, cookies or treats. Yeah. And then he'll just expect it every day and, you know, it'll get to his head quite quickly. That's true. That's true.
0: All right. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, thank you listeners. Thank you guests uh thank you significant others nobody asked me what i did for my valentine's day you didn't answer it was an open question what did you do i didn't do anything i was just okay, at there you go i just had dinner i went to the gym that was about it all right thank you significant others and we'll talk to y'all next week